Hey, everybody. Thanks for coming out today. You know, this seminar really helped me turn my life around. My friend Crumb really helped me get not so scared and cowardly all the time. And thanks to his motivational speeches and this seminar, I'm able to feel 20 stories tall. So, without anything further ado, I'd like to present my friend Crumb. Take it away, buddy. Hi, thank you, yes. Uh, welcome, ladies and ghouls. Uh, I'm, I'm Crumb. And, you know, people make fun of me. They say I'm hairy and, and fat and ugly and, and that my eyes are getting red. But, you know what? I don't even listen to them anymore. I think you should be happy with who you are, and as long as you've got a good friend and a sandwich, you can just grab life by the eyes. And that's my new book. Oh, yes, we, we have a question. Yes, uh, Mr. Crumb, I just was wondering, how do you cultivate your smell? It's so pungent. You know, I used to use all kind of odorants and... and I would be nervous and, and rub anything that came down the drain up against my arms, but then I realized that the true stink comes from within. Uh, so I just make sure to keep a good, bad diet and, and let the stench just really come out. Uh, yes, we, we have another one? Uh, yeah, well, I was, uh, well, I just needed to mention that I know that you can grab life by the eyes because yours aren't attached to your head, but what about the rest of us? You know, they like to say that the eyes are the window to the soul, but we monsters don't have souls, so just take them out. Put them in your eyes and see the world from a new perspective. See the world from higher than ever before, and then when you're done, you can, like, eat them and chew them around in your stomach. They're really good. I'm afraid that's all the time we have. If you have any more questions for the great crumb, please contact me via our email, scares.scares.scares. Thank you very much. Grab life by the eyes. Not bad. <laughs> that was good. That, that was a pretty good oblima. Thank you. <laughs> I, I didn't good. think I'd quite get it by the end, but I'm glad yeah. that it worked out. <laughs> all righty. All the time we have. <laughs> Grab life by the eyes. That's the yeah. whole joke, and we that's made a, it into two minutes. <laughs> that's a stroke of genius. Thank you. Way so, Dan, you're getting a little peek behind the curtain. That's generally it's how amazing. we. Amazing. <laughs> Uh, I think I'm most proud of the Batman Beyond one, but there's been some good ones. Thanks for being part of that. Yeah. You could do some good monstering voices. Thank yeah, you. That, that was really, I, I can, <laughs> I, I really can do voices, like, kind of uh, well, but, yeah, I, I can't replicate these voice actors, though. It, it, they're, they're too good. I know. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> they are. They are too good. I mean, yeah. Inca shows up everywhere. 
So does the grumble, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway. So let's introduce ourselves. Absolutely. My name is Ben. And I'm Zane. And you're listening to Ah! Real Podcast. <laughs> um, it's got the best are... trash you'll ever find. <laughs> we're, where we look at old cartoons and see what we think of them now that we're a little bit older. And uh, joining us today, we've got our friend Dan Caves. Hey there, everybody. Dan, tell us tell us a little bit about your own uh, personal projects and why you wanted to do this this episode. Um, well, uh, me and my roommate are actually very big fans of horror in general. Um, he actually, my friend uh, Bill, who I live with, he runs the um, B movie and horror movie review site Radiation Scarred Reviews, and uh, we recently did a um, RPG podcast. That was released through another online magazine that he is associated with, The Blood Sprayer. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually called The Blood Sprayer. Yeah. Um, he, he, he has a number of friends who run that. And, um, yeah, just, I, I, and especially, I, I grew up on Ah Real Monsters, so I was honored to be uh, invited into this. Um, and really, I'm just an enthusiast of this stuff. Uh, nothing really official going on. I just, you know, I eat it up. I eat it up like all this garbage that that these (laughs) monsters are eating. Spit it out, rub it on yourself. (laughs) Yeah, just 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 as long as you're getting the garbage essence. But uh, Dan, you you have had uh, a podcast uh, that you that you featured on that website. Yes, um, it was a uh, role playing game podcast that we did. It is called Blood and Cannon Fire. (laughs) It, It it started out. Initially, the first couple of sessions as a uh, sort of a late medieval renaissance uh, pirate and spy drama. And then it very quickly took a very sci-fi turn as time went on. And it was just wonderful. So I would suggest if anybody who listens to this wants to get an earful of me and my friends rolling dice and pretending to be people from the 1500s. Uh, go 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 and look on iTunes. Go and look for the blood spare uh, the uh, blood spare blood spare the blood, blood spare podcast. Blood sprayer it's like one of those. It's, it's like Bob Barker. What he's doing yeah. now that he got out of prices, right? The blood spare <laughs> wants to appeal to maybe a grittier audience, not quite so many housewives in their forties. Yeah. And then and then just oh. find a search bar and type in blood and cannon fire and listen away. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's really good, Zane. Uh, you should check it out, especially if you will. like listening to um, one person trying to uh, cope with the fact that they don't speak the same language as all the other PCs. If you oh, like yes. to hear <laughs> Nibs <laughs> kind of stumble over that, yeah, that our, verbal our, our barrier. Fr- yeah, our friend Bill Niblock, he plays a character who is an Apache and has very low scores in all of the languages <laughs> that the rest of the characters speak. So there's a very obvious about language scalping barrier. Spaniards. <laughs> I um Ben, I forgot to tell you um, really when I was great. on the yeah. when I was on the subway the other day, uh, I noticed that I, I sat down next to a guy and noticed he was like working on a character sheet. Ooh, uh, that's and I talked fun. To, and I talked him up, and you know he was like, yeah, you know, playing this new campaign, whatever. I helped him make a couple of magic items, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, but um, and then he just invited me to join him. And that is nice. Awesome. If I hadn't nice. been busy, I totally would have. But oh my god. We didn't even exchange names. I'm just, I just said, uh, may we cross paths again? <laughs> That's a good one. And I so got to tell you, me, uh, me and my friends have actually been uh, playing Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition, which we've been really having fun How with, especially that? 
it, it is very good. It's a very th- th- they've saved it. Uh, it they, looked like <laughs> a nice marriage of the uh, rules honestly, of three point five and like the storytelling as better storytelling yeah, aspect. Absolutely of is, and mm-hmm. it's a lot more fun now that they have finally released the Monster Manual. Oh yes, day, which I believe has something to do with what we will be speaking about today. It does. Yes. Speaking of Monster Manuals, I have to mention this. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, can uh, you make the stats for um the monsters from this show, please? Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that's characters. a good idea. What a great idea. Oh, that's a good Overpowering idea. Overpowering stench. EX or SU or whatever. <laughs> Follow my asthma or something. <laughs> that's pretty good. Stinking cloud. Minus two morale. Right. Casting Take 1d4 cloud. of temporary constitution damage. Icus, of course, has enlarged monster as a supernatural ability. Nice. As well as rage. <laughs> but I have to mention, uh, Pathfinder, I've got the app on my phone. So every so often I'll see what new books uh, got downloaded into it because, it, you know, it just updates itself. Yeah. And uh, the fourth Monster Manual for Pathfinder came out on that, and it's Lovecraft. Ooh, so nice. It's got stats for, like, Star Spawn and like, Chthonians. Good. I like that. It's really cool. I, like I love that. I love um any kind of monsters. Um, Lovecraft in particular has some really good ones, but any sort of monster world that has its own self-consistent uh mythology i'm really oh, big man. fan of I, when i was uh, an ra in college every year i would put up as the door themes monsters from like yeah. all different cultures and stuff it's beautiful zane remind me i i think i gave you a couple suggestions for that didn't i give you the stay puffed marshmallow man to put on one, <laughs> yeah. one door? that kid was real confused <laughs> uh i'd be confused the other one? if i had a giant marshmallow on my door who doesn't know stay puffed marshmallow man yeah, foreigners. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Damned Welsh people. Um. Anyway, <laughs> casual racism aside, let's start getting into the concept of our real monsters, and we can yeah. talk about monsterism in general and our affiliation with it, because I think that's going to play a huge role in how we talk about this show. Sounds good. Um. So, our real monsters uh, is a show that ran on Nickelodeon from 1994 to 1997. And it was produced by Nickelodeon's own production company, working together with good old Klasky Kuspo, which good I, old I s- still haven't learned how to pronounce. Klaskos Klappels. Klasky Chupo. 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah. For this for this particular episode, it's probably Chupo. Um, the I'm surprised he didn't work with Cabra. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry I for preempting your joke. Do it. <laughs> Just say the word. Um, yes. But Nickelodeon asked uh, Chupo for another hit after the success of Rugrats, but they didn't want human characters because everyone was doing animals at the time. So I, I really like the the idea that they went with uh, monsters. Yeah, and it definitely suits Chupo's animation style mm-hmm. a little bit more precisely than because <laughs> everything's Power. already gross. <laughs> yeah, everything is not does it explicitly has to be gross. Whereas in Rocket Power, that was just kind of a happy accident, you know? Right. Yeah, and the and, and the monsters are a broad enough category of creature that you can get a lot of mileage out of it because I mean it did run for a while. I mean ninety four oh, to yeah. ninety seven that's a long time for a cartoon from mm-hmm. Nickelodeon that time. Yeah, yeah. Nickelodeon sort of has this uh, niche outreach like program to certain audiences who revel in like scatological humor. It doesn't go crazy on it because oh, yeah. it still has to be family friendly. But every so often you'll enjoy an Ariel Monsters or an Invader Zim and really touch that fringe aspect of people who who listen to nickelodeon but have like those 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 strange impulses that drive us to want to you know delve into monsterism 
Yeah, and Ah, Real Monsters really gets away with a lot of that because of the <laughs> fact that you're dealing with monsters. I mean, I, I was sitting down and watching a few episodes for research this past week, and my roommate Bill was uh, sitting in with me, and um, he had to go to bed. But he, he he mentioned that he had forgotten how you know subversive that this show was for its mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So. And I think part of it is it gets away with it because it's it's sort of a, a cute monsterdom. You mentioned Invader yeah. Zim, and that you know was frightening. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, made you question what's real. Um, <laughs> but this is, is you know, the subject matter is supposed to be creepy, but it's, it's a, you know, it's like gummy worms. It's I delicious. Mean... <laughs> you can ignore the fact that it's kind of a weird thought. Also, the setting was just more dire in Invaders. I'm like, this is oh, gross, yeah. but that was downright nightmarish. Sure. Yeah. So before we get into the different aspects of... Uh, our real monsters specifically. I have to ask how you guys generally like horror because you know we've got we've got Dan Caves here. Our, our you know cross promotion to uh, a horror website, mm-hmm. sort of <laughs> as close as we can get. Yeah, yes. no, so, that's true. Why don't Why don't you start? Yeah, yeah. and actually, uh, can I just say that Bill would probably join us, but he Ooh. is currently running a how appropriately a call of cthulhu rpg session today mm. so. uh, uh, the second lovecraft comes out with a cartoon I'll, <laughs> how I'll dare you not on. be at that I know. yeah i'm almost I offended that you, I'm, I'm offended and you know grateful Jealous. that you chose us over <laughs> it i like to hear the sound of my own voice so oh I, uh, preaching to the cro- choir I, I, have, I have a towering i have a towering orson wells <laughs> you're very orson wellian is I that like a thing a, yeah, I like yeah. the idea of role playing as someone who's just like crying themselves to remain sane for three hours. <laughs> That's how you have to do it. But uh, yeah, tell tell me tell me what your general uh, relationship with horror is, Dan. Um, well, it really does come down to how do we deal with death. It's okay. it, it's a safe. It, it's it, it's like sitting on a roller coaster that takes you in incredibly wild directions because it is a safe you know that there's no actual threat to you but you still get to live vicariously through the medium of horror to face the things that would be completely dangerous in a real life situation but you get to have a realistic sometimes realistic um uh, to varying degrees like a, a realistic interaction with those things but without actually having any threat to yourself and there's Mm -hmm. a real human um need for that and it's a i think it's actually healthy to, to to do something like that you shouldn't go around life completely avoiding the fact that there are people with knives out there who want to kill you or that <laughs> right. you will, or that you will one day melt or something like that I'm not by the sure. way audience you will one day melt we're working on a death ray <laughs> <We are. laughs> yeah it's it's a carton cast side project <laughs> this is really our we're building our nest egg for our death ray actually so but no, sorry to interrupt. And, <laughs> yeah and it, it's just a really good uh, storytelling medium for reflecting the darker sides of human thought mm-hmm. um and and actually when i was um one of the very last classes i took at geneseo was actually a specific horror film film class and no we watched and, and we watched a variety of horror films from you know nosferatu in the 1920s up to mm. unexpected things that came up today like horror doesn't necessarily have to be monsters it can be something as terrifying as 
being trapped in a scary situation in a country where you don't speak the language. I, oh, I'm forgetting, yeah. I'm forgetting the name of the film. But it was Simpsons. about... It was. <laughs> he had to learn French, and Simpsons he had to drink antifreeze it. by those creepy, those creepy guys. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, 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 well, yeah, yeah. The exchange student episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the original um, horror movie, <laughs> The Simpsons. That one episode. By the way, one of the greatest Halloween inventions is the Treehouse of Horror series. Of, oh I'm a big man! Fan. <laughs> but no, the, the, there was a film that we watched in that one where it was about a a deaf and mute woman who was working on a film set in Moscow. And she witnesses the creation of a snuff film that's being run by the Russian mafia. Whoa. And she is completely unable to communicate, and she's trying to avoid getting silenced by the mob. And that <laughs> kind of counted as a horror film, because it had, even though it wasn't your standard mm-hmm. slasher flick or a monster movie or like a supernatural type of a horror thing... There was still a very strong sense that they were able to convey through the film of that same kind of horror because mm-hmm. this woman was completely unable to communicate in this foreign culture and she was running away from the, the very face of death. So um, I think that's a very interesting take on the on the genre. That class is very pretentious. <laughs> well, <laughs> I imagine so. It was wonderful. <laughs> I, I I like I like what you said about the the roller coaster that you know you're safe, but part of your brain forgets that. Yeah, you've yeah. got that barrier set up between you and actually being in a lethally dangerous yeah. situation. That's also a big part of comedy. You know, uh, a comedy sort of skit like a like a staple is somebody fell on a pie, somebody fell in a hole, somebody got hurt, but nobody actually gets hurt, and that's what makes it okay to laugh. So I think they are they are very closely connected, and that's why I like seeing any sort of um, horror comedy interplay. Oh yeah, um, and those those are some of some of the movies that I like more actually. Yeah, uh, yeah, and because um, with a lot of those horror filled situations, there's a lot of absurdity that that goes into it. So. It's very postmodern. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think so, everything's postmodern? Well, that's like <laughs> what postmodern means. Everything's so horrifying that you have to laugh. <laughs> I guess so, and I mean, there's there's something to be said for uh, the catharsis of watching scary situations that you can't deal with. So you have this this level of uh, this gap from verisimilitude, so that you can you can kind of purge that those those anxieties from yourself by watching somebody else go through it. Yeah, um, good use of verisimilitude. Thank you. Was waiting for for a way. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> but I need I needed somebody with a. With a with a equally refined lexicon to guest segment. Sorry, Dan. Ooh, you're you're on fire. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm simply melting. Finish that death ray ahead of time. Uh, so, so it's, it's sheep powered. So I've told you about my relationship with the horror genre. I mean, what 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 brings you to uh, Real Monsters? What 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 brings you to call well, me? Zane's in? the one who uh, Zane's the one who who chose this show. I guess yeah. because Halloween's coming up. That was one reason. Um, it's something I've wanted to look at for uh, for a little bit. Yeah. Um, I my relationship with horror is such that I don't like straight horror. Like, mm. oh, they're in the house; they're gonna kill us. You like like horror on the rocks. You can't yeah, like, have it neat. <laughs> you know, I, I I enjoy a good psychological thriller. I enjoy things that are horrifying in situations that aren't supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like thinking about the horror and the death that surround us every day. But in a horror movie where, like, the walls are dripping blood, like, that's so, that's almost so campy, it's hilarious to me. <laughs> well, that's just, yeah, we're just used to it yeah. as a function of, you know, time. 
it yeah. also it also kind of overplays certain tropes in horror that I find very distasteful, it, especially like uh, there's just a couple that I kind of if I see them in a horror movie, I'm done with the horror movie. Which well, is like what? Well, um, for instance, um, a children's rhyme being. Uh, oh, recited yeah. in a slightly like, creepy like the, tone. I don't like the straight horror stories. Yeah. I know. Why do they keep doing that? I don't yes. get it. It's because everyone subliminally hates children. That must well, be it. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's sort of about the, you know, what could subvert our uh, I have to talk to my children. kids again. This is horrifying. No, but th- th- there actually is something kind of scary <laughs> about the idea of some sort of supernatural power subverting our children i like that phrase they're subverting the children (laughs) subverting the children (laughs) subverting the children it's like instead of save the children or think subtitle of this uh this podcast subverting the children (laughs) (laughs) nuke the whales subvert the children (laughs) but no there is something genuinely terrifying about the idea of some sort of power taking over what is to be our replacement corruption Um, of the innocent it's also just like taking away the innocence that we've all kind of grown accustomed to accompanying children because you know that when a child is possessed by a demon, they're they're getting like a movie full of death in their head. Yeah, they're just getting like a Primus music video, <laughs> just on loop. Um, what about that, you, Ben? That and jump scares. Jump scares also don't do it for me. Yeah. Ditto. I'm. I, I actually sometimes fear that I'm a psychopath because I have no like like gut reaction to a jump scare. I just kind of turn turn away from it very very calmly like what was this thing while everybody else is like yeah <laughs> like, I, 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 I like have a completely cold reaction to those now mm-hmm. yeah uh, although i will say that i uh over the weekend on friday i went uh to a to a genuine haunted house Ooh. in the east state penitentiary here in philadelphia oh jeez, oh, <laughs> a prison yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was the... is it still in use or was it like no a... no it was discontinued okay. and you can tour right. it um and the audio it's an tour abandoned guide, prison the the, the audio <laughs> tour guide is steve bashimi so what yeah. what <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is getting better every time and, and there's like this this small video this small uh this small film that was done for it like this mini film starring vince vaughn as one of the inmates but anyway <laughs> Um, they, they redid, uh, they did it all up as a, uh, as a haunted house. And the beginning of the haunted house was like, um, it was like one of those lines for an amusement park where they tell you, keep your hand inside the vehicle or whatever you're standing in line. But this mm. one had them telling you, um, put these, put these glow sticks like around your neck. If you <laughs> want to be like grabbed and sent down secret passages during the haunted house. I'm like, That's I'm going to get abducted. And they're, then they're Sick. like, say monster be still if you are getting too scared. I'm like, I've got safe words? This is the coolest <laughs> thing ever. So that I'm generally like not into fun. haunted houses or scary things. Like, I, they've never really clicked with me before. But just on Friday, it was such a it was such a viscerally terrifying experience that I yeah. I just, I finally got it. But, it, small but again, like, you, you knew in your mind, like, you're safe. Yeah. It sounds almost like a BDSM kind of adventure. <laughs> well, it verged on that at times, but nothing quite you're so actually, over. It was for kids as well. You're actually right, Zane. The same I, I kind take pride of, in that. I think that you're right. The same kind of thrill. Wait, can you say it one more time? Facing... I just want to. I just want to drink it in. <laughs> Zane, you're completely right on ben, everything you just said. <laughs> Round Thank of applause you. for our dear podcasters. Zane. I'm gonna I'm gonna just play that in my classroom anytime I'm feeling down. <laughs> <laughs> Zane, but no, it's, it's the right. same kind of thrill that you get from horror that goes into the other stuff like that. 
you you know that there's not actually any danger to you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's there's something to that. Well, it allows it allows that yeah. catharsis to take place as opposed to just adding on to the torment that is being horrified, right? Yeah, like you could get the same effect as watching a horror movie that's by just like going to Syria or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can be terrified in any aspect of your yeah. life, but it's not yeah. going to be it's not going to be pleasant for you because you're going to be in flight or fight or flight mode. There's yeah. there's some interesting. I think that there's got to be some like perfect marriage of not so distant as to be removed from the horror entirely, but distant enough such that you don't have to treat it with gravitas. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's um, why I find, like, the real-life horror more engaging, um, because it's the opposite. Like, you're used to thinking, oh, this is a safe scenario, just walking down the street, just driving. It's like, no, there's there's something darker pulling at the seams here. Like, that, to me, is way more engaging sure. as, in, to the horror part of my brain. Mm-hmm. And I get a kick out of those too. So mm-hmm. I, I do recommend that you guys feeling. go to a haunted house, like a legit haunted house, like that it has an entry great. fee if you ever get the chance. It's like, sounds good. Yeah. It, it was incredible. Like there are some good haunted hayrides <laughs> up where I am around Rochester, New York, and um, but uh, yeah, that that haunted house you just described sounds. Yeah, the haunted hayride probably didn't have a madman from the penitentiary grab you, throw you into a broken elevator, and scream, show me your hands, what's your name? Uh, No. But it did have pumpkin carving. (laughs) Yeah, which is horrifying in its own way. (laughs) BN494, that's your new name. I mean, you're disemboweling disemboweling a, 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 a poor innocent pumpkin. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Ben. It's it is That's terrifying. You're yeah. lobotomizing him. <laughs> I didn't get lobotomized, so it didn't have that going for it. How anyway, do you know? We have talked about the generalities of horror pretty concise. They're pretty. That's a pretty, in, in good pretty huge depth. I, yeah, I think you're going to end up cutting video. a lot of it out, Zane. But I enjoy it. I might just put it later, <laughs> yeah. so that we can actually talk about the show. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's get to the show. So, sure. yeah. all real monsters. Um. Indeed. A plot in which monsters are real, and they have a society parallel to our own, in they which live they in live the in the dumpster. Yeah, the dumpster, they yep. eat garbage, which is sort of a Greenpeace thing, which I like. But uh, <laughs> they they have this one purpose, which is to scare the shit out of humans. Mm-hmm. But you know how in Monsters, Inc., that was to get electricity? It doesn't seem like they have a reason to do it this time around. Well, I found, I, I, I was looking, actually, I was wondering, like, why they're doing this, Um <laughs> And apparently Monsters, Inc. was not based on this in any way. Mm. Like, I, I read some accounts that people were saying, oh, it's so similar. And then they said, well, no, not really. Sort of. So, some of the plans were started before this even happened. But um, the idea is they want to maintain a balance of power because if humanity ever, like, wipes away the dark and stops being afraid, they'll just take over the full planet. Ooh, I like that. They're, like, keeping dominion over the dark side so that Mufasa doesn't get in the hyena's, you know, territory. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Um, But also, they have to walk a fine line because if they, like, if they try and scare too much, then it's just a matter of time before one of them gets captured and, like, dissected. And once humans stop fearing monsters, the monsters just cease to be. Not to mention, that's, uh, that that would also maybe give them sort of a callous... Uh, demeanor to being scared you know you, exactly. you can't you can't let them get used to being scared otherwise it stops being scary which is why so, all the monsters look different too 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is the monster. The monsters are scaring the humans for the same reason that the the fairies in Fairly Odd Parents grant wishes. It is a <laughs> it is cause. an imperative that is necessary for their survival, even if it's not always obvious what that connection is. I'm okay with that. I like yeah, having to dig for a reason that this world <laughs> yeah. makes sense. Very Dark Souls. Um, no, yeah, that that that's true. And um, one of the things to point out is that for a lot of their Initial scares, they're not very good at it. <laughs> well, they're they really in a are, school. They, these, they're these learning the scares it. of tomorrow. Yeah. And, and they kind of have, <laughs> they kind of have, um, the, the first couple of episodes that I was reacquainting myself with because I loved this show as a kid. And this is the first time I've gone back to it. The first couple of episodes, I kind of had a feel that it was a sort of, um, if you guys have ever watched the Munsters, Yes, I have. A reverse <laughs> Munsters, like a kind of a reverse Munsters vibe like the monsters are terrifying monsters and they have no idea that they're scary and they get offended that people get freaked out by them whereas these things are actual monsters <laughs> trying so hard but in but so a lot of situations in yeah in so many situations the humans just they they confuse them with toys in a lot of cases <laughs> or with like wild animals Icus like i think it's just that, a rabbit yeah yeah it is rabbit. basic yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, they, they and actually the, their world kind of does scare me in a little in a little way because um the the the, the premise is that they're students at a monster academy and <laughs> this is suggestive that the monsters all of people's greatest fears have organized into a complex society <laughs> complex enough to have an education system. <laughs> Like and this, what's more, this is, it, this is a horrifying world. What's more, it mirrors our own. It is, yeah. They, they have, they have, they have so- bowling. I find yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I saw that one with Akis's dad. Yeah, good episode. Slickus. Yep, Slickus. <laughs> the greatest there the, ever was. The great, yeah, the greatest student that the Gromble had ever. The Gromble encountered. <laughs> but uh. I. I think that's actually something that uh, that tempers how scary this society is. Is how closely it uh it it's it is similar to human society mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. at the end of the day when you turn the lights on and you see their school and you know you you're getting rid of this unknown factor you see they're just like us yeah so that's i mean knowledge is always the enemy of fear you know we, we it, once we know more about these monsters they stop being scary they stop being Indeed. monsters but I mean, um, that's not the well. truth for the people outside whom they constantly try to scare with varying degrees of success it and seems the, to be the same town. You'd think they'd notice something by, you know, after a little while. This after poor a couple town. Seasons. I kind of wanted to see, like, you know, in a in a Men in Black style uh, situation where, like, this is not the only, you know, cell fragment yeah. of uh, the MIB monsters. Foreign exchange monster in black, program. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wanted to see the other cells or maybe, like, a hierarchy. Like, what are the monsters like in Milwaukee? <laughs> <laughs> They're so friendly. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing, like, a... You know, like a like a, a monster school in some other country, and it's the exact same monsters, but they all have like little mustaches or like little hats or something like that, <laughs> just to differentiate them. The, like the, the same French thing. Monster Academy. Everybody has berets and tiny mustaches, <laughs> and they, they they act the exact same way, except they have French accents and say "sacre bleu" after everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Oblina has that uh, English accent. Maybe she's a foreign exchange student. I'm not, Maybe I'm not certain it's quite English. It's something. <laughs> it's 
We should talk about the different monsters, though. Yeah, we should. Um, we we generally follow around the this group of three um, of Ickis, Crum, and Oblina. Mm-hmm. Ego, and, Id, and Super Ego. <laughs> once again, yep. Time one, Squad. One is tall, back one here. big, one lean. Mm-hmm. Short, big, and lean. Yep. Um, Fantastic yeah, just, Mr. Fox is going to pillage all of them in the dead of night. He's yeah. the real monster. So yeah, Ickis is kind of a yeah, a little red rabbit. Like your standard imp, actually, when you think about it. Yeah. yeah like a little like a little red yeah. devil. That's a thing yeah, 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 like like taking it back bad. to actual mythology. Yeah, it's kind of like a little tiny imp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And his his deal is he can like puff himself up and It's called grow. looming. In monster society, looming. yeah, there's yes. there's a class of monsters which I really wish I'd seen more classes of monsters. These ones are <laughs> like, called loomers. You want to see the taxonomy of this? System? Absolutely, I want to see what what phylum is Ickis. I would I want, love um, to know. I want yeah. to play like a spore type game with monsters, and you can like check out their evolutionary lines. Oh my god, I was great. thinking Pokemon. Like this is just Pokemon, right? Pokemon, are except that we monsters. can't control them. <laughs> Literally, imagine like the episode where uh, humans come up with a technology. Of Pokeballs, and it just like is like this genocidal story for Monster Kind. Oh, man. Oh, um, man. <laughs> but um, so it, yeah, so Ickis grows um, mm-hmm. and gets even darker red. This is actually the scariest thing for me because I had a dream about it. Oh yeah, um, I had a dream. Tell where us all I, your fears. Then. I <laughs> share. I had a dream where I was Ickis. I, I, I must have been pretty oh. young at the time. Um, I was Ickis, and I just kept growing and growing, and I was like boxed in by the room and then i woke okay. up and realized that i couldn't breathe because i was breathing through my pillow Pill, and that yep. was the first time it had ever happened and i was I... like freaking out i'm like how is that fair yeah like that shouldn't be allowed evolution get on your game <laughs> i shouldn't be I, I shouldn't be able to suffocate myself by resting <laughs> at least have someone else do it like that's yeah what, sort if, of what if you were playing what if you were playing an rpg and like you go to bed for the night to heal and it's just like oh your character yeah just... you vomited <laughs> in your sleep just died you shouldn't have ate that rat we should have a backup hole someplace else on our head. Imagine the DM is just like, you had a congenital heart defect that you never got checked out, and you had a heart attack during the night, and sorry, that's it, your character's dead. Anyway, hang on. I have, I have more coffee, so I'm good to go. I'm currently devouring a cookie. That's good. <laughs> Eating some trash cans. Got to get my iron out. <laughs> I'm having me a glass of, uh, you know, gray water, so. Yeah. What if they, um... <laughs> gray water. <laughs> yeah, delicious. <laughs> um, what if they, like, ate the spinach can that Popeye got his spinach from and just Ooh, like crossovers. got on roids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very special episode of Ariel Monsters. Remember, kids, drugs are never the answer. <laughs> that crumb voice, though. <laughs> That's a very good crumb. Um, so, back to Ickis? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, Ickis is played by Charlie Adler. Mm-hmm. Buster Bunny. Who Mm-hmm. Buster Bunny, uh, he, he was the big heads in Rocco's Modern Life. More importantly, and, um, he was the red guy, and everyone else from everyone else from Cow and Chicken as well. But more, most importantly, he was the red guy. He's playing a lot of red guys. He was also um, Starscream in the current series of Transformers movies. I always hear Starscream, and because I'm not acquainted with Transformers, I never have any clue what it is. 
but I'm rec- but I only recognize that it's a porno name. Mm. You're welcome. So is Ickis. Yeah. No, Slickus. It's a yes. Yeah, Slickus is a great porno name. <laughs> Dan, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> yeah. What well, we, we were talking about? Jumping on the porno conversation. <laughs> that you didn't I wasn't. Think it was going I wasn't sure way. what to contribute to that. <laughs> um, that Slickus is ribbed for your pleasure. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Ickis. One of the thing, yeah, one of the things to mention is that Ickis is kind of a scaredy cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he 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 lacks confidence as a monster, and it kind of shows as a like a general lack of confidence in himself. Like he's a whiner. Yeah, yeah. he's he's a nice inversion of what a monster should be, and mm-hmm. kind of ties back to that whole you know once you know what they are, once you know that behind that looming monster that he sometimes is, he's like this very cowardly person. He. He kind of loses a lot of the fear factor when he is looming. He clearly has some potential, right? He does, because whenever the moment calls for it, he's able to rise to the occasion literally as a loomer. No, literally as a loomer, he's able to grow to what he needs to be Mm -hmm. as a monster. Is there a max limit? Have we seen a max limit on that? He can grow bigger than buildings. I know that. What? Yeah, he like breaks the ceiling of a dentist academy at, at one point. Cause like wow. there are ever, all the all the uh, all the humans are like laughing from laughing gas and the grumble is like you failed and then Ickis just like does his looming thing and breaks the ceiling and even though all the patients are on laughing gas they still like g- go crazy and like run away. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Ickis like can mean business when he wants to. Like he's I don't know. He's got to like he's kind of his own worst enemy he he gets in the way yeah. of being a truly excellent scarer because he's so afraid of rejection or being different than the other monsters or breaking the rules mm-hmm. um he's just kind of mm-hmm. like this shy archetype i i have this yeah, but- unifying theory for the fact that all of monsters um is just an allegory of like outcast kids watching the show they are kind of, yeah because the the system that they're working in is kind of a high school system they're generally yeah like the misfits like think back to the weirdos uh, you thought were weird or creepy in school like yeah they're way more scared of you than you are of them but you don't want to associate with them just because they're just too there's too much unknowns surrounding them and Ickes is kind of like that shy kid who can't really find his voice and is afraid to talk to anyone and he just kind of gets this mythology built up around him because no one else wants to associate with him yeah but then when the chips are down, yeah, he's able to to scare those those f- humans, those those filthy <laughs> clean th- th- those those clean <laughs> well shaven. All right, humans. team. We're the underdogs. We're the ones no one thought that we could win, but we're going to go out there and scare them. <laughs> he he it likes gets, humans though. Like he's pretty smitten with human culture. Yeah. He wants um, to be like them cuz I think cuz he he sort of recognizes to some degree he's not cut out to be a monster. Yeah, and it sort you know, of reflects this desire of that uh, that misfit archetype, whom wants to be like everyone else. Like he knows he's different, but he wants to play the part of just a normal person because he doesn't think he fits within the misfits. I, I have a theory now because um, his father Slickus is one of the most famous scarers in all of <laughs> Monster Kind. So I kind of wonder if the character of Ickis is supposed to be like his father's reputation has defined his expectations to the point where he is so 
Like, he, he's so, like, uncomfortable in his own skin because he's expected to grow up to be his father. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind his... of is part of the psychology of, yeah. you know, the kids of famous people can sometimes be kind of screwed up. He's got a huge inferiority complex, definitely. Yeah. Definitely living in the shadow of his also looming father. <laughs> what a good... <laughs> All right. What a good word. Yeah. Can you, can you, like, just repeat that sentence again like when you do this like when you edit this just repeat that sentence one more time because that was like perfect oxymoron combo it was really good (laughs) yeah this this character is very relatable to i think Mm -hmm. a real monster audience he's the most human of the monsters Mm -hmm. i think so as well Mm. he's the everyman monster (laughs) i mean he he looks he looks like a costume like they mistake a kid for him who's wearing like footy pajamas he looks a little bit deflated in the feet yeah. area, I like his triangle body. Yeah, yeah, he's been he, he's been mistaken for children and costumes. He's been mistaken for um, a doll, like a, a rabbit doll. <laughs> yeah, in one episode. Um, yep. Yeah. So if he's just going about his daily business and not trying to be scary, he he's very um, he he's very accessible to children. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. cuddly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's a little cuddly man. <laughs> oh, look at the little guy! Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm I'm much less likely to cuddle Oblina. Um, uh, let's talk about Oblina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Save Crumb for Ooh. last. Um, Oblina is voiced by Christine Cavanaugh, whom is Dexter and Chucky yep. and Goslin from Duck, Darkwing Duck. We've we've yep, dealt so with we've her. We've looked before. at her work before. Yes. Um, Thanks. Welcome very, back, very Christine. <laughs> Doing God's work. <laughs> I found out that uh, she actually stopped voice acting for maternal reasons. Hmm. Which is unfortunate, but. She had a good run. A lot of characters oh. I'm I'm I like a lot. This one's a weird one. <laughs> yeah, she's so Oblina people say like she looks like a candy cane or an umbrella like stand like she's this long This is an black actual black and white. This is an actual creature. Is it? Like a like a like a something fish, like a bleach fish or something it's, like that. It's called a it's called this abandoned sea crate. Whatever. What the hell yeah. is that? Okay, I'm pulling it up. Give me the phylum. Give me the <laughs> radis radis give me the phylum is chordata nice the, the class is reptilia okay. the order is squamata squamata the sub-order, the sub- it, it's a snake that's the my sub- next D character the, 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 the suborder yeah the suborder yeah. is the serpentes the family is the elapidae the sub and i could go on <laughs> you could i could, I could it, bring you it's down a, it's a sea serpent could, basically it is mm-hmm. But this one's got huge wax lips. <laughs> yeah. Giant friggin' lips. Yep. And I kind of got a Beetlejuice feel from this monster, like that black and white thing. Oh, sure. Um, but, like, there are snake monsters that Beetlejuice um, in, in that film depicts that are black and white in that way. So that's just my personal uh, Also, Beetlejuice isn't, isn't Beetlejuice, like... Uh, at least uh, superficially, he's wearing a suit. Like he's got yeah, a uh... and, it's, and it's that black and white like referee type. Yeah, <laughs> type stripe. He's sort of like a gentlemanly monster until he's actually just being disgusting. Like he looks, yeah. he looks presentable in the same <laughs> yeah, way that Oblina, Oblina, Oblina is supposed to be like kind of a, a kind of a, a a snake monster, like a rope monster almost. A refined. And monster. in fact, some of her powers are very like she can turn into a rope. She sets traps <laughs> using her own body type of thing sometimes. Yeah, she's a morpher. Use rope. Yeah. yeah. She's got a lot of she's got a lot of points in use rope and uh polymorph. Use use self. <laughs> use self. Um yeah, she she fits in society 
very well in general, like in monster society. She's like an overachiever sort of monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always got to win. Always got to be the best. She, she, like when she encounters a rival, she I has to deal with as well. these, these inferiority emotions that she's never had to deal with before. Yeah. Well, yeah, because she comes from a wealthy, like well-connected monster family in this right. society. <laughs> so she, so, so she kind of has that, that, that kind of benighted, um, you know, probably was born with a silver, um, what's a or, monstrous spoon type of machine that we can put in her mouth? I don't know, dirty ladle. Um, yeah, <laughs> something <laughs> rusty she trash born, can lid. She, yeah, she she was born with a rusty spoon in her mouth. Okay, and and the uh, the Gromble actually considers her to be one of the best students, and uh, mm-hmm. so yeah. Well, she's clearly like uh, she's clearly more into this this uh this monster school than either Ickus or Crumb is like she she takes yeah. her studies seriously but notably she does hang out with weirdo notable weirdos in society Ickus and Crumb like in monster society Ickus and Crumb are kind of the the, the weirdos right like yeah, the, well, the nerds y- you rarely see them interact with other groups so you get the sense that these three are shunned for whatever reason yeah, yeah, and and like the few interactions they do have with like other monster students, they're kind of teasing them. Yeah, like the the other students are kind of like, "Hey, Igus, you forget your assignment today?" Yeah, 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 like that kind of yeah. thing. Hey, Igus, look at that small dick you got. <laughs> Gaper. <laughs> like, yeah. Sorry, which is it's <laughs> weird because Oblina Oblina's so different from uh, the other two. Uh, you yeah. wonder why she's in that group. Well, it almost makes go- me wonder about the class structure. <laughs> of monster society like maybe they actually look down on immense wealth and maybe that's one of the reasons why <laughs> privilege the well-connected the yeah. people with yeah. famous parents people with all yeah. the toenails but like yeah like maybe maybe they you shun toenails like, are a currency the famous in this universe hmm. <laughs> it's toenails um there's a um... So, in my grand unifying theory of all real monsters, where each of these, each of our three main monsters is sort of a different type of misfit in general, like high school society or middle school society or something. You know, Ickus mm-hmm. is the shy one who never speaks up and is just kind of like this other. This one is the one who's boisterous and overbearing and, you know, is always trying to be the best and is terrified of not being like the center of attention or the golden girl. Yeah, so, which is really annoying. It is if really you've ever annoying. Met people yeah. like that. <laughs> if you've ever met people like that, that that's just really off-putting. Yeah, so. they can't stop yeah. talking about themselves. They never stop puffing themselves up. I never do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on. Um, yeah, and and that's why she kind of is forced to hang out with you know, Ickes and Crumb. Even though she's much better student, like she just kind of mm-hmm. doesn't get the social niceties of being a normal monster. Everybody's yep. sick of her. Yep, <laughs> is basically it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I, I yeah. like and I like her uh, interaction with Ickes and Crumb though. Kind of keeps them on the straight and narrow. Yeah, she she is a bit of a Hermione figure for this group. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Got a huge Hermione vibe from her. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Except that the other two are both Ron. <laughs> <laughs> just different different bits of Ron. What if they cloned Ron and just knocked off Harry and just like played it like nothing happened? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was always like this. <laughs> just give him glasses, etch a, etch a rune that's not quite a lightning bolt into his forehead. Yeah, it's just as good. They're going through the prophecy. It's like black hair. Just cross out red hair. <laughs> <laughs> And as a monster, this is the one that probably would scare me the most. Well, she pulls out her internal organs as, like, a party gag. 
Yeah, she's also a snake. Yeah. And snakes <laughs> and snakes are just the worst. They're sort of real life monsters. They are. Monsters in in the real world. Like we've got a bunny, we've got a snake. You know, I take it back. Crumb is kind of the real world monster. The monster. <laughs> These ones are sort of relatable. Crumb is just ah. In in your in your master theory, Crumb would be the stoner. No, of Crumb the high school. Crumb is the guy who wears sweatpants every day and it never washes. Uh, like he's but, he's, but he's unaware. proud of it. Well, he's unaware that it's weird or that it is that it impacts his social life at all. And the, well, when he gets to use his stench. <laughs> And scares, that actually earns him a claim in, in a few episodes. He's got a claim to fame. So, yeah, so even though, uh, like, in interacting with other monsters, it is gross. Like, it, it is an asset to him when it counts. So, yeah, that, that's yeah, that's that's another one. You should mention that Crumb is voiced by a guy named David Eccles, whom I didn't see a lot for, but I really he mostly worked voice. as a He mostly worked as a sound effects editor in other animated shows, which say probably that again, helped him. But say it in Crumb's voice. He mostly worked as a sound effects editor in other animated shows. <laughs> you do a um, really good crumb. Thank you. <laughs> You're going to be um, bringing him back for other skits. I hope it's you know. Like, it's like half Brian Posehn and <laughs> half like... Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah, half Shaggy. <laughs> um, Maybe and he also played. He also played the, the Snorch, so, which also like speaks in sound effects. Oh, really? Yeah, he was like this enforcer guy. So, yeah, mostly sound effects editor. Yeah, he's really fun to. I, I wouldn't want to hang out with him, but I like watching him. He's just he's so good natured, and he's, he's so without he's, doubt. He's so positive. That's why I feel like he could be a motivational speaker. <laughs> that is yeah, a good. He, <laughs> that is a good yeah. idea. Crumb is the one of whom I had a action figure as a child. You had an action so. figure of Crumb. Like Crumb is the yeah. most monsterous. Like a yeah, plushie out even. of the three of these, he's yeah, the least man. relatable. He's a pink, smelly lump with arms and legs. He doesn't have eye sockets, so he has to hold his eyes. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's I'm, scary. I'm going through some hard times. I had to sell my eye sockets, but you know it's really not that bad. I just have to not, not wash my hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, he like puts them in his mouth every now and yeah, then. Yeah, that he them roll around cringe. on the ground. He like, swallows he, it. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd make a good scout because he could just roll his eye into a dangerous, uh, a dangerous yeah. situation. And he's like a unit in back. Starcraft. Like you can just like throw his. <laughs> he's like the observatory, you know, scout unit that you can just throw in random parts of the map. And his greatest power is he has a very skunk-like power of the stench. I never yeah. found like that he, all that he scary. Is, he he is a miasma machine. <laughs> it, it, he, he just releases this horrible odor. And it's it's so just. I yeah, wonder guys. what it smells like. <laughs> humans have humans have five senses. Don't just scare in two. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you really gotta yeah hit him hit him with everything at once. Although I imagine it wouldn't just be bo. Bo is not that scary. It's just kind of no. Gross. There's gotta this be is more. Probably to like a corpse that. smell. Oh yeah, like those corpse flowers. Yeah, so, something mm-hmm. to you know because the sm- so um. Smell is the closest related sense to memory because it doesn't go through the thalamus. It goes right into the frontal lobe, uh, the the neural connections. Zane's psychoanalysis corner. What do you got for us today, Zane? Zane bringing some science. <laughs> I, I spent like three weeks in systems neuroscience just learning about the, the sense of smell. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's it's great. But um, maybe his stench powers have to do more with like triggering memories of like decay and horrible events 
That's pretty than, cool. Than anything else. That that actually makes a lot of sense. Because yeah. because you, no matter what the other monsters look like, you've never seen anything like it before. With Crumb, it's like mm-hmm. this is something that stays with you, and you'll remember it occasionally. It could just be like an added, you know, atmospheric, uh, you know, plus two to plus two circumstance bonus for his like scares is just that he's sure. unsettling them already with the with yeah. the stench. And it's not like Crumb takes advantage of of you know the scaring too like he enjoys scaring but he's just kind of he goes with the flow and that's what i really like about him compared like he doesn't worry you know, if if the three of them are on a mission ikis is worried oblina is very driven but like overbearing and crumb's just like hey why don't we go do this yeah just eating whatever's on the ground <laughs> he's just having a good time he, i he, like him he really like yeah he, these are his these are his halcyon days like he's gonna grow up and wish that he'd spent more time on his studies Although he could be like a famous muck farmer like his father or whatever. Motivational yeah. speaker. <laughs> that yeah, would be he's, good. He's got a future in it. Yeah. Um, we should probably move on to the last character who's important, whom I love. <laughs> Grundle or Grumble. Grumble. <laughs> Stop yeah. calling it that. The Grundle. The Grundle voiced <laughs> yeah. by uh, Greg Berger, whom was also Agent K in Men in Black, the series. Yeah, for most mm-hmm. of the most of that series. Um the Grumble is fascinating. <laughs> yes. He's, he's like all green with a huge nose and he only wears high, like if you high ever heels thought on that metrosexuals were just a little bit monstrous. Like <laughs> yeah. a belt and like <laughs> nice refresher for you. Black leather gloves. He's just This is the S and M segment of uh Ariel Monsters. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You're really safe. As long as you remember that, it'll be good. <laughs> you're yeah, you're not actually in the dungeon. It's not actually a whip. He's not actually wearing he, high heels. He seems to hate his students, but he's been teaching for so long. He must love his work. He he facilitates back and forth between this incredibly scary figure and this very sweet, this big sweetheart. Mm-hmm. And he's sort of in, in my grand unifying theory. He sort of represents the misfit authority figure, whom is even scarier than regular authority figures. But you can actually relate to him, so he's not as bad. Mm-hmm. I he's... think he's a psychopath. <laughs> because, On be, the other be, side. Because, because, because he is so uh, changeable in his moods, and he's a sadist. <laughs> like, he, he employs a torturer as their disciplinarian at right. the academy. Yeah, he's like, like the trunch he, he gets he, He's in that job because he gets a kick out of terrorizing these children, <laughs> I think he gets a pass, given basically. it's monster society. Yeah, well, ter- yeah. loving terrorizing things is, is sort of a gold star as far as, like, a personality printout would go in yeah. monster society. Yeah. Like, he's virtuous in this world. He has his moments. He has his moments. And there's actually one explanation for why he's so grumpy and... Um, let's see, it was, what was the name of the old, um, the old, like, legendary monster, I'm trying to remember his name, but there was a, uh, he he told the story of a backstory for the Gromble, it was one of his first big, big failed scares in a shoe store, (laughs) and he ended up stepping in these red pumps that he's taken (laughs) on for the rest of his life, and the reason that he's such a grump is because his feet are pinched. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. Oh, it looks pinched. Right. Yeah, I like that yeah. monsters don't understand how shoes or clothing work in some regard. Like, he stepped into shoes and he's like, "Oh, geez, they're a part of me now. These are just my feet." <laughs> looking it up, looking it up, it's the shrink. The shrink. The shrink. They do look really good that's on great. him. Like thematically, 
the the grumble is really hitting high on a lot of notes. Um, mm-hmm. He was, I I believe he was inspired by the blue meanie from Yellow Submarine. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which? Why exactly were they drawing inspiration? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. When you're thinking of monsters, you kind of want to have like a half high mons- mindset, right? So throw on like Blackbird and just let the let the monsters come. <laughs> What do you think about the Grombles, Zane? Um, well, I was thinking about his teaching style. Um, I, somebody Tough yesterday, love. somebody just told me about a recent This American Life episode that deals with different teaching methods. Oh yeah, and mm. they and they looked at a bunch of different ones and like sweating the small stuff and like yelling at kids for any sort of rule infraction <laughs> doesn't really work. Yeah, like they they'll stay out of trouble, but then when they're in the real world, like they can't deal with it. But apparently, if you have, like, meaningful, deep conversations with the kids about how they were acting, and then you talk to the other kid, and then you talk to both together, and then with the parents, and then everybody else, like, they hate it so much that they'll stay out of trouble just because they hate the touchy-feely stuff. <laughs> um, uh. But the the Gromble, the Gromble's teaching style is is very interesting. He's putting kids on the spot. He's just... He is a sadist. I will give him that. He's, he's definitely keeping all of them on their toes. Oh yeah, like they they never so, feel quite at, at at home in Monster Academy. They're always worried yeah. about the grumble, grumble. Yeah, because grumble. sometimes he set like sometimes the grumble sets them up on literally like impossible tasks, just ju- just <laughs> just to see them fail and to have the chance to punish them for it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. He's also got this little one legged flying snitch monster named um, Zimbo, who's voiced by Tim Curry. Yes, Tim Curry. <laughs> yep yeah he, he i wouldn't be surprised if he like what if uh james t kirk was in his class and he set, keeps on sending him on these impossible impossible like scares and he's just like i don't believe in no i don't believe in no success scenarios <laughs> sir it can't be done <laughs> sorry beam, beam me up grumble um yeah i actually really like the grumble uh, i like that he is such a he's such a scary figure to all of the, the the monster students but like contrasting him with the humans like at least with the grumble you know where you stand you, you you he might chastise you or yell at you but the normals the humans they just outright reject you or at least or even like the other monsters in Ickis and crumb and oblina's class they kind of outright reject them like at least with the grumble you're given a chance to prove your worth you know i don't know maybe that was the only that was just me you projecting a little no, I can see it because he is still pretty much the only authority figure that it's uh, that's depicted in this society. So he is really the only guidance that these monsters have. They do respect and him, he, even yeah, and even though he can be a jerk, mm-hmm. a big faced red high heeled jerk, because <laughs> you're so ugly, you look like a modern art masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> he still gets results. Like he he's yeah. still able to get. Like, by the end of every episode, the monsters are usually scaring humans. And part of that can sometimes be the the brutal guidance of the Gromble. Yeah, it's sort of a trial by fire. I wonder yeah. if this is a prestigious monster academy. That makes... Yeah, I wonder that. Hmm. Yeah. I would believe um, it. The Gromble seems incredible. Like, he seems like he knows what he's doing. He, he, yeah. he must, like, he's got to be a few centuries old. He is. He, uh, he went on... He's at least 400 years old because, um... He uh when when he made Ickis go find the pale of truth or whatever 
I don't remember. Excuse me? He had to go... Oh, the quest for the Holy Pale. That's right. And Ickix got chosen as the monster who would have to go find the Holy Pale. And it's revealed that it happens once every 400 years. And that the Grumble was the... The Grumble was the last one who did it. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Which he's been staying in the same spot for 400 years. So I guess there's not a lot of, like, job mobility in in, mon- <laughs> in monsterdom, in monster academia. It's a little sad. Yeah. Well, it is. Uh, That's why I figure he actually does enjoy what he's doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. he he definitely does. Well, well, there there are a few places in this world where you're allowed to torture children. So mm-hmm. this and yeah. the set of Full Metal Jacket, I guess. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> if you want to torture children, just go find similarities to Roger Lee and and let that be your inspiration. Mm. Uh, moving on. Yep. <laughs> sure. Oh no, that's so. Fine. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's all. That's all the characters we need to talk about. Let's let's talk about the tone and genre of this world. So I I'm a, I was a little confused by certain details that I think they they didn't think through. Like what? So like in the first episode, they're they're like training for Halloween. It's the biggest holiday of the year, and that's very that's very self consistent with the monster society. Mm-hmm. Brings us right up to speed. But they've never heard of trick or treating or other Halloween traditions. <laughs> They're, How is that possible? Yeah, definitely. See, well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it seems strange that they have such, they don't have a lot of intelligence on the ground. There's, this happens a couple times, you know, it's it's this interesting, self-consistent world, and then there's just a little bit of creaking at the seams, a couple of things that just don't make a ton of sense. Uh, you can kind of hand wave that one because, like, they don't really care about human society except for the fact that they can scare them, and trick-or-treating is sort of unnecessary for that. But it, I agree. Yes. It definitely is. This is a thing that monsters would know. Like, this is a yeah. holy night. Why would you yeah. not know yeah. how humans interact in it? If, if they're getting a decent education in this complex society, they should be aware of that, of, of other cultures. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is not a very, you know, multicultural-friendly school. So maybe that this this could be proof that this monster academy is actually like very bad, <laughs> gentrified. Like, may, may, maybe they're just getting a very crappy education. Like the Grumble <laughs> does what he can, but <laughs> as, as far as like all of the other subjects, like history, Wait, and, I like the image, and the humanities. I like Where the are the parents? Of, I like the image of the Grumble, like leaning over a desk with like a lamp and he's grading papers with one hand and like throwing back slugs of whiskey with the other and just like biting <laughs> his nails just like i can't do it how can i reach these kids how can i reach these kids this, this is actually a monster academy and a budget crisis <laughs> <laughs> now that is truly scary i have to buy my own chalk <laughs> slippage 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 um, these textbooks are out of date yeah. Did you see the periodic table of scares? What? Yeah, one episode they do the periodic table. He teaches them the periodic table of scares, and there's like the he- That's awesome. hebium, gbium. <laughs> That's really good. They don't explain. Yeah, like, there's, what was it? The the inert gripes or something like that? The inert cripes? I don't remember. Creeps. I think, I think that's why. That's the tone of the show, and it's why that they were able to get off with what is in name a horror show is that it's really comedic. It's, it's, it's really, a, it's done very silly. It, it's just a, it's just a middle school show that they just monsterfied everything. 
Like right. they just threw it through the monster <laughs> gate, and it's the same thing. It's the same show. It's just got monster yeah, yeah. all over it. Oh, it's, we have to study for a test. Oh no, we have we have a bad study for a rotten test. Yeah, it's Degrassi for monsters. <laughs> oh my Degassi. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I, I like that yeah. all the monsters are pretty benign and domestic in in most yeah. aspects of their life. Like it kind of drives home the point that scary is only scary in the right light. Like, in the right yeah. moment. And if you're not around for that moment, they're just people. We're not so different, you and I. <laughs> yeah. It's all See, about I context. Yeah. yeah. Uh, objectivity is always, you know, going to kill fear. You know, if you can see the mm-hmm. whole picture behind these monsters, they're not scary at all. Which, yeah. That's, in, again, bigger themes. I, I like the idea that um, two monster societies from different parts of the world are more different than the monster society and the human society of the same town. <laughs> yep. That's really telling about like what xenophobia is and, and how it relates to us. In cultural in osmosis, like if they don't interact oh, yeah. uh, that much, like if they don't have like an away game and like, you know, go, go for a drink afterward or whatever, um, the monster society in wherever the hell the Gromble lives, Cincinnati or New York or something, um, they're just going to take on characteristics of the humans around them because they're the only other culture that they have to, to uh, you know, compare to. Uh, there are um, some horror, like actually horrifying things that they don't draw attention to. That like they're only horrifying if you think about it. Like what? Like the um, they have a machine that shows like you strap one of the monsters in and you can see. They're oh, yes. scare. Oh man, yeah. It's it, yeah. That's like how they grade their scare assignments. Is that Think they'll put them that. in this, this mind reading? Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, a mind reading. It's machine. like a Ludovico machine. Like you can kind of see like some don't even naked broad dancing they in front of Icarus and him being like, "Please stop the music." No, <laughs> not Clockwork Orange fans. No, I, I got that. <laughs> okay, still gotta watch it. Still haven't seen it yet. Oh, just read it. Oh, get Better on that. idea. Is there an animated cartoon of it? Yeah, like, why would I, why would I watch it? <laughs> There's not an animated <laughs> cartoon of it. Doesn't have the prestige oh. of Ah Real Monsters. I like the consistent bad words are good things inversion. You know? It, oh, yeah? I, I, I really like whenever the show is clearly appealing to the misfit audience and whenever they do that, it's sort of driving the point home. Like you can, you can be gross and rude and impolite and disgusting, and that can still be okay. People might not like it, but it's not like an inherently bad thing. Like it'll just, mm-hmm. it just appeals to like this kid sense yeah. of rebelliousness that doesn't want to wear a suit and doesn't want to kiss grandma on the cheek, just wants to like play in mud. It's just like, that is not inherently wrong. You might not be able to do it all the time, but there is some love for that in culture in general. It's just, you got to find your own, you got to find your own niche. Yeah, they and they live in a world where the, the bath and the suit and the clean shave and the deodorant, they are the bad words, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could see uh, Ed fitting in really nicely in this society. Like, I mean, he can shapeshift, sort of. And he <laughs> smells almost as bad as Crumb, I think. He's scary. Yeah, he probably doesn't have a spine the way he runs. <laughs> um, um. Other one other aspect of this uh, this universe that I really love is is the uh, untold history behind it. 
Mm-hmm. Like, where did the monsters come from where, kind of thing? Where did they come from, yes. But, like, every time they pe- bring up a piece of monster lore, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. Like, they they kind of just mention shit offhandedly and, like, never mm-hmm. explain it at all, which you can't explain stuff in, you know, surreal settings such as this. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is a really good world that I think could use some fleshing out. Like, it's fine for, like, the middle school drama angle, but, like, this would make a great, like, open world video game. Sure. Like, you could see a, a shitty, like, web uh, web MMORPG for kids in middle school. <laughs> like, yeah. be your favorite monster. Um, the uh, The Era of Disbelief was a particularly nice touch. Have you guys ever heard of that? Oh, it was, like, a three-year period or something where, yeah. like, it was a war? Yeah, well, there was a the era of disbelief was like la- the last generation of humans in which very few humans believed in monsters, and it was like a golden age of monsterdom because they were so easy to scare because no one saw them coming. And oh, okay, ooh. I'm thinking of something else. The idea is that people have just gotten more wise to scaring over the years, which man, I would love to link that with anything else about Ariel monsters, but there's nothing else there. <laughs> but it's what a cool little detail. Like, yeah. it, it kind of speaks of a, an impending crisis, like a global warming of monsters. Like, people are eventually going to stop being scared of us. We have to get, we have to get in our scares while the getting's good. Yeah, and that's yeah, and and that's actually why they kind of want to keep their society a secret. Like, one of the earliest episodes was Ickis accidentally leaves his monster manual in the bedroom <laughs> of a prospective scare, monster and. Like and the initial scare is so ineffective. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why they had to flee in a hurry because otherwise they could have gotten caught. <laughs> and um, and it was a huge deal to lose that book because mm-hmm. you don't want the humans to get any of the secrets of the monster world because then they like then the cat would be out of the bag. And oh yeah, they yeah. would be able to you know never fear them again. Knowledge, that type of thing. although you, knowledge you can, is power. Well, you can have like a few instances. It's not as though they could keep everything under wraps indefinitely like a few secrets would leak out and the trick is just making it below that threshold wherein anybody who's talking about these secrets are just nut jobs people still are going to talk about monsters you know people in our society we don't believe them yeah and there's Mm. actually a character who comes up every now and then called simon the monster hunter oh uh, who's who's voiced by jim belushi wonderfully (laughs) i I didn't catch this at all (laughs) and no he and he is the like he's the Cassandra. Like he he's he he's like calling out, trying to tell the world that there are monsters out there. I'm gonna go get some concrete proof. Yeah, he's dead, and he's considered to be a nut job. He's Bulk and Skull. You kind of feel for him. Yeah, and and actually, part of the uh, lore of this world is that the Gromble supposedly in this town has chased away all of the monster hunters. That like, is these used so to be cool. a problem. For the monster world, and the Gromble is actually one of the reasons why he has such a prestigious um, place in monster society. Is this head of the academy is because he he's effective at sort of chasing away and uh, dissuading monster hunters. I wish my teachers were that cool. Like I fought monster hunters. <laughs> yeah, we had a real bad monster hunter problem, but then they uh, had an accident. <laughs> I don't understand why the Gromble is now the dawn of this school. <laughs> yeah, he woke up with some high heels in his bed. He learned his lesson. <laughs> <laughs> that is too strange for me to keep going with. Uh, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> Ew. Um, 
<laughs> I'm pretty into Crumb. And Simon the Monster Hunter, I think, was a uh, like a college professor, and the first his first introduction to the series, like the school board is taking away his grant because that they think he's such a nut, because he's so like fixated on getting like photographic proof of the monster society mm-hmm. that lives in their landfill. Right. Yeah. yeah, he should get his tenure taken away. That's weird. That's weird <laughs> shit to do. But you do kind yeah. of feel for him because. I didn't actually see him. Is he as gross looking as the most of the humans? Um, no, he he's he he's like your standard nerd looking dude. But oh, he's, yeah. you, you feel for he, him. He's very he he's very spastic because he's so like fanatically convinced that there are monsters. Wait a minute, and he's... is this just Professor Crocker? <laughs> what Zane? <laughs> Mister Crocker? Yeah, why not? Yeah, from Fairly Odd Parents. No. He just like freaks out anytime somebody says monsters, and everyone monsters. is just like, well, we can't, um, let's not fire him because why would we? But, huh. I, I like, yeah. I like the idea, like, that the humans are acting against this crazy person or what seems like a crazy person in the same way that we would in our world. Cause it makes mm-hmm. you wonder, like, are there monsters in our real world? And they're just way more subtle about it. Maybe. Mm. I, uh, yeah. I like the idea that. Maybe there are a couple monsters in disguise up top to keep things under wraps, like in in key media positions. And like whenever Simon comes mm-hmm. in with proof, they just like burn the evidence, which nice. there is no evidence. I'll get you next There's time. There's no evidence that that is the case, but I want it to be real. So yes. maybe the monsters have their own Men in Black, <laughs> yes, who, who who have taken up positions in, of power and they're able to like silence the. Uh, yeah, they, hey, yeah, hey, hey, they got a good thing. I mean, here. I make this look good. <laughs> in goddamn, <laughs> sorry, I'm, <laughs> I'm just gonna in, uh, work in, that. In Men in Black, in the Men in Black the series, in Men in Black continuity, the humans are aware of the monsters, but they also try to keep them under wraps because it's not, it, it's it's uh, ineffectual for human society. Like it, it's not a, it's not a benefit mm. to human society to be aware of these monsters. So maybe there is like yeah. this counter balancing force to this monsters keeping a secret thing that uh we just don't mm. see i would really have mm. liked to see somebody like uh some a human on the monster's side who's like their contact for the outside world a mole a mole yep yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's right hans molman a, not bad an, an appropriately <laughs> gross term for this yeah th- this human yeah this human diplomat it'd be really funny if like um, a monster who almost looks human goes to meet a human whom is gro- is gross enough to almost look like a monster, and they just so look. Donald Trump goes and is there <laughs> just All someone right, with no. huge buck teeth, like dripping, like you know, orange like fluid from his mouth, and <laughs> just because he doesn't. Gary Busey, you 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 can recruit <laughs> Gary Busey for this. <laughs> hey, Grumble, I got some news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. And, like, they can only meet, like, at dive bars or, like, high-end sewer dumps. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, we're the, we're the edges yeah. of one society phrase. Yeah, and I'm actually surprised in in, in the uh, in the in the four seasons that they did of this show that they didn't get any deeper into the monster society like that. You yeah. get bits of it, like like a, what you were saying earlier. Little glimpses, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's Dark Souls. Like I'm telling, like I'm telling you, they give you little glimpses if you want to look for it. But if you don't, then yeah. it doesn't. It, it's not plot necessary. Yeah, yeah. But it would have been nice. But it wouldn't have been the same show. That's true. Yeah. That's true. It would have been an older audience, 
and at the end of the day, you still want to relate to the kids who just want to be monsters. Um, I think to let's move into animation. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think real gross. Yes, I think supo yep. style animation works way better in a su- setting that's supposed to look gross, as opposed to yeah. rocket power. Essentially, and they they really like they don't miss an opportunity to make it even grosser. Oh no, yeah, they have bugs crawling lines, everywhere for no reason, which is nice. Yeah, nice touch. Just a cockroach crawling whenever possible. <laughs> lines curve, yeah. backgrounds are sagging, and there's always moss growing somewhere, and then there's just hairs. Sometimes you get the feeling like, like all the in. all the clouds could start melting, and you just be yeah. thrown <laughs> into hell at any given moment. And you're like, oh, that's just the monsters, and then you look at the humans, and they're all lumpy. They're again. all gross as well. They're, oh, they're, yeah. these, this is just a different class of monsters. <laughs> ben, we're, we're the, the monsters. monsters. <laughs> we are the monsters. Oh my god. Um, we are the shadows. No, yeah, it, it, it is very the, the animation style is in its full glory for this show. It's incredibly unsettling. Um, like it, it lends itself yeah. to that. You know, I mean, I've said it seven, seven times before, but the audience relates to that kind of gross, off-putting atmosphere, which it yeah. sells very well. And sometimes it's not even just the monsters. Like, uh, in the same episode as the Monster Manual thing, um, the human that Ickes tries to scare and he loses the Monster Manual in the process, he, he like, rolls over to go to bed and they just animate a butt crack. <laughs> like, like he, 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 he rolls over to get comfy and he pulls the blanket up and his, his butt crack is just showing. Like, sometimes they just do it for the sake of, this scene needs a butt Whappity, crack. <laughs> Time for a dumb joke. Somebody's resume like, says butt crack developer. <laughs> and I, I actually had to rewind that one because I almost missed it, but like at the very last second, it's like, is that, is that his butt? And then I had to, yeah. Like, they're just kind of getting it in in almost a Ren and Stimpy kind of a, mm-hmm. like, subtle I'm glad way. you brought it up for in Ren way. and Stimpy, because this, this show has a love of scatological humor that hasn't shown up yet in uh, the shows oh, that yes. we've done. And I generally oh, yes. don't like scatological humor, but when I was in the context of this show, I, I kind of got a chuckle out of it, and I don't know why that it is. It kind of blends into everything else. Yeah, it, you're, you have to be immature when you're watching this, because you watch the little monsters running around. Yeah, you can yeah. ignore the grossness, because everything's gross, and you can just deal with, like, the humorous properties. <laughs> yeah. It, it, you can't take this too seriously. No. And the surreal yeah. texture of this show really allows them to flex their visual gags in places that you couldn't do in, like, a Rocket Power or a Rugrats, which has maybe a realistic history to it i guess yeah yeah they're yeah. Con- they're constrained by the fact that they're dealing like with rugrats they're constrained by the fact that they're dealing with kids well they're constrained by the fact yeah i guess i guess that's a good point they're dealing with kids yeah. and they're not l- dealing l- with l- something l- that explicitly does not exist yeah like l- l- like the fact that the show is about humans e- even humans with imaginations but humans still mm. Like, there's only so much that you can do with that. But with monsters like this, it really gives them a chance to just jump in with both feet and just try anything that comes to mind. To give an example of a a visual gag that wouldn't work in a, you know, contextually realistic society, like uh, a scene will cut to Oblina pacing back and forth, and you see a huge trench in the ground that she's dug out from just, like, pacing back and forth so much. And... (laughs) You can't really do that in a Rugrats. It just doesn't kind. Of, it just kind of doesn't work. That would just destroy their house. <laughs> that that is also true. I mean, the, and then the kids looks, would get in trouble. <laughs> well, Angel yeah. Angelica would get in trouble because you know yeah. you have to 
you have to have that moral. But it's just, <laughs> yeah, you, you can't have surrealist visual humor in a show that is not surreal. So mm-hmm. Supo really gets to flex their visual gag muscles here, which I like. Okay, so music and sound? What do you guys think about it? I think it blended in really well. Like, it didn't stand out too much, but that's because it didn't suck <laughs> to me. Yeah, that's like, sort of a mark um, of honor in its own when it didn't, it wasn't so uh, starkly opposed to the setting that you didn't notice it. Yeah. Um, like, if, if I recall correctly, there isn't that much, like, ambient music. No, not really. What I, noti- what I noticed time. was is yeah. that there's not, there's not ambient music when the characters are talking, mm-hmm. um, but there is when they're, like, moving around. Yeah. Um, and and you know this I, I like it because it separates the exposition from and the jokes apart from the mood they're trying to set and sometimes yeah. this works really well like when you're when you're listening to what they're saying and you're kind of like listening in and then there's a quick noise um, mm-hmm. to to bring you back into the suspense of it. I mean that that works to its its advantage because the voice actors are also goddamn good in this show. <laughs> yeah, that, that's something that really needs to be said. Is that they, that they have some really top tier voice actors doing the work specifically? Here. Whenever one of the voice actors goes from really high to really low in quick succession, I'm I'm pretty impressed impressed by it. Like mm-hmm. all three of Ickis, Oblina, and the Gromble have like two speeds, which are light and effeminate, effeminate, and then like dire and terrifying the next moment. Yeah, and Gromble within the is... one sentence. Oh my goodness! Yeah, several times he, he, he goes. <laughs> He 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 goes from zero to psycho in no time. <laughs> that is a good it's... way to put it. <laughs> he goes from robot devil to drill sergeant. <laughs> he goes from robot devil to devil robot, which are two totally <laughs> different voices. Absolutely, <laughs> love it. Uh, well played. <laughs> um, uh, uh, when you were saying like about uh, scene transitions and the way that the the music kind of benefits that, the one music uh, or the one sound effect that I found especially especially creepy and unsettling was the pitter patter of monster feet when they're walking around mm. when when they like yeah. move from one place to another especially when they're moving very fast and it's sped up that pitter patter sound is is really creepy it's like hearing somebody walking around in your kitchen at night i, I didn't really even notice it go go back and look at a segment where they not, do the pitter patter because it's not that yeah. creepy because it's still a kid show but it's just like it's it's all un, it's on it's inhuman it's not it's no, not kids ben, walking around. It's monsters walking yeah, and, around. And, and it sounds like monsters. And now, and now that Ben mentions it, yeah, that really does pop to mind. The uh, the, the pitter patter is very like cockroach. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't didn't it's a skitter, know. Scatter. It's a skitter. Yeah, I didn't have a good way to verbalize it, but that is good. It has the cadence of like a big insect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is horrifying. Now that I think, yeah, about and it. not inaccurate the, in uh, Crumb's case. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> So, um, hmm. one more thing I wanted to say about sound is kind of just a, it's not really a sound thing, but, um, as far as the comedy in this show goes, cause it is a comedy at, at, maybe not at heart, but at least on the surface, I didn't find this show all that funny. Like, no, I find it. it uh, yeah. It wasn't like laugh out loud funny. It's not no. really, it's not really the sort of show you tell jokes for. It's sort of the ju- show you immerse yourself in the culture. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun to, it's. I find it endearing to, and fun to watch it from a human interest sort of point, but it's not really a, carta- a cartoon that tells jokes. They will tell jokes, and they will be pretty good, but that's yeah, not but that, why you yeah. show up. It's yeah, engaging. That, it draws you in. You show up to watch monsters, and it gives you monsters. Whether or not there's jokes yeah. is not important. Yeah. It, it, yeah, the, like the standard 
stand up and telling a joke. That's not the vehicle for the humor in this thing. It's very atmospheric. It's very situational. It's not really about getting that line in. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like little yeah. subtle nods in in just looking at weird little bits of monster culture that are kind of jokes unto themselves. Like there's mm. maybe like a food, a garbage shortage because the mayor wanted to do a, like a dump the dump day, like a recycle campaign. <laughs> so there's like nice. a food shortage. And then uh, all the monsters will be eating like the bottom tier food for monsters, garbage. And it's like styrofoam. And because it's like, ah, oh, styrofoam again, <laughs> which isn't really yeah. a joke, <laughs> but it's a funny little aspect of monster society. Like this is like rice. <laughs> Or yeah. beans or something. It's like it's like watching a foreign sitcom. <laughs> you don't get the jokes, but you you like how different you it don't is. get the jokes, but you get the atmosphere, and that's enough. Or like yeah. like a like a reality show. You get that there are people who get the joke, <laughs> and, and, and and that's funny. Yeah, enough. <laughs> close enough. <laughs> uh, oh, a joke is being told. That's much more effective than a laugh track, in my opinion. Yeah. 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 Showing other people laughing <laughs> or being aware of humor. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> humor accepted, pun robot. Processing. <laughs> did you guys like this show? Yeah, um, I did. I I liked watching it. Um, like 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 you said, it it's the situations and the you know it's like human uh uh human culture, but you know slightly different. And and watching how that plays out. Um, my biggest problem with it is that each episode feels just like a minute or two too long each time. Hmm. Mm. They kind of wrap it up in a way that it doesn't feel as necessary. The The premise of each episode just doesn't feel strong enough to, to last it, you know? Like it's going yeah. one one too much each time. Maybe so. Yeah. And um, th- that's actually something I noticed because the first couple of episodes were 20-minute self-contained stories and mm-hmm. those were the ones that were the hardest for me to get through but then about maybe halfway through the first season they started doing two 11 minute segments mm-hmm. that right. didn't have very much to do with each other and those were a little easier to get through but i feel like they could have just gotten away if, if, if they were to do it now they would just have the one 12 minute episode and have it like an adult swim kind of yeah. a format uh, that would be the perfect uh, pacing for it. But uh, for me, at least, um, even though it wasn't ha-ha funny and it wasn't um, as funny as I thought it was when I was a kid, because I loved the show as a kid, I had the I, I had the crumb action figure. I had <laughs> Which I now want. <laughs> With the detachable eyes that you can throw around the room, like bouncy yes, balls? Yes, yes. I had the the flip book that you could get out of the cinnamon toast crunch boxes, like that. Like <laughs> I had all that image swag. on the front. Smells like feet. <laughs> but catching up with the show to, to 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 do this podcast with you guys, I still I still had fun watching it. Yeah, e- even though it wasn't as like it, you know, like it, it doesn't hit you in the same way as it does as a kid. But yeah. you 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 gotta accept it, that with the with with the fact that we're seeing it for the second time and as adults. Yeah. It's yeah. not. It's no longer ah real monsters. It's just oh, real, real monsters. monsters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ah refreshing. <laughs> Big old glass of real monsters. Did you uh, did you take a look at the video game that it made? I did not. <laughs> it's like some Super Nintendo thing, and you have to like use all three of them, and they each got like little special powers. I don't know. I thought it was 
thought it was well, cute. If you press down B, they go into their Pokeball. Oh, yeah. You get a different monster. He has his own special move list. Sure. <laughs> the Gromble shouting them in the back at yeah. them in the background to do different moves. <laughs> yeah, th- this was and, and, and this was a very well merchandised show for its time. Yeah, yeah. like there, the, the, like, like there was a lot of uh, stuff that they were selling with the monsters. Can you like. imagine like a, a little monsters like a uh, little capsule uh, pop out like capsule machine? You know, like fifty cents, you get a capsule with a little monster in it, like right next to a homeboy figurine mm. thing. No one would yeah. pick oh, a yeah. homeboy figurine <laughs> over these. <laughs> choose choose from a, like a little cool guy and like a monster. You pick a monster every time, so um, yeah, I I genuinely I generally like this show while I was watching it. I I agree that it goes on a little too uh, long. I think it doesn't benefit from having a moral. Like I don't think they they sort of have a moral, not really. Like, but they touch on it a little bit, and I don't think they even need to. Uh, I kind of likened it to Invader Zim does not have any morals. They don't tie up any loose ends, and it doesn't matter because you're looking at an alien trying to adapt to human society. Like, you'll get through an episode, and Zim will be straight up dead by the end of the episode. And it doesn't <laughs> yeah. even matter. Yeah, like, every every story has its own resolution. In the end, they get the monster manual back. They scare the humans. Mm-hmm. They... Icus can prove himself however many times. The Grumble's not going to like him no, any better. No, and he won't like himself yeah. any better. But the goal is always achieved, and um, yeah, they probably could have benefited from having kind of a, a darker end to some of these episodes. Maybe not a really. darker end, but you didn't need to like sew up the the, the fragments yeah. of the plot, you know? Yeah, we would have well, been I fine. Want a dark, <laughs> you I might want a darker ending. Do you have a dark I, I, segment I that you'd like darker. to inject into our podcast? <laughs> I'm oh, sure you've listened man. to it before. Oh, yeah, and I have a... <laughs> A, a, a disturbing love of that <laughs> oh let me, let me it's think. hard to do for all um, real monsters a little bit it is yeah um i i couldn't really pull one off the top of my head they find a they find a portal into the care bear universe and just take it over <laughs> and subjugate them or the care bears subjugate them Ooh. <laughs> My friend uh, like suggested that. that we do Care Bears at one point, and I think that is just slight. Uh, that's a little bit too far beyond that wall of too kiddy to talk about. We can we yeah. can do a few like kids corners. Kids like, corner. In a David wants episode. to do Arthur for a kids corner for uh, for an episode, <sighs> and I have to keep on telling him that it's not a good idea, and he doesn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I I really like this show. So um. Yeah. yeah. Um. Thanks for thanks for talking to us about uh yeah. for for about all this monsterism, Dan. You you know monsters hey. a little bit better than us, and I think your point of view is refreshing. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you very much. I'm very happy that I could be here with you. And if there's any other time that you want to guest, I'd be happy to join you. Absolutely, because this has been fun. This has been a lot of fun. And, and, and yeah. if awesome. you're uh, if your friends at Blood Sprayer uh, ever ever want to do anything that would benefit from somebody who likes cartoons way too much, give us a ring, and we'll oh, we <laughs> will. cross promotion. In that uh, in that regard, I will so, pass that mess down the grapevine. So uh, yeah, and we, you know, what do we have? Uh, what do we have next time, Zane? Well, we are returning to our bootleg, our ever popular uh, bootleg segment. We are so gonna. We've got a streak of one. Look at <laughs> mm. a upstanding tradition. I'm looking forward to doing uh, another movie. Um, yeah, and the one that we have in store is Fievel Goes West. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I like hearing that. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. So that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. And uh Ben, yeah. what do we have after that? Well, 
after after a movie, I like to do something that is very well known. Last time it was Doug. This time it's a little bit less far in the past, but I think everybody knows this show, and I've been waiting to do it for a while for many reasons. And uh, I'll be enjoying uh, looking at Kim Possible. Ooh. <laughs> I have had several people be like, so when are you doing Kim Possible? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Dr. Wow. Rackin. Pretty good. to say there. All right. I'm going to get another Batman tie-in with Mr. Freeze there. It'll be great. I'm looking forward to it. There's a... Try to speculate on the origin of Shigo's name. And why Kim Possible has a picture of her in her locker. (laughs) Yes, we could do a lot of speculation about that. (laughs) No, you don't don't love Ron. That's not true. (laughs) It's all all a front. (laughs) Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Yeah, well... Never seen Kim Possible. Really? Be sure to yeah, check I it out so that, uh, that you one. have some... Co- or don't. Don't have any context going in. <laughs> it will make it seem like we're talking about another monster universe. Cause... <laughs> I've said before that some of my favorite episodes have been the ones that I've never seen the cartoon. <laughs> so viewers, <laughs> so. Uh, look forward to Kim Possible or don't and just get caught off 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 blind by it. Um, like us on Facebook. Uh, review us on iTunes and tell your friends about the show. I hope... Uh, I, I know that you've been telling people about the show, Dan. And yeah, having and limited I success. I just have to reiterate: you got, you guys have to. If you haven't heard this show yet, you need to listen to it. You need to go like them on Facebook. You need to go on iTunes. You need to give them your money. <laughs> you need to do everything. You need to rub their feet. You need to do all these things. You need to cut their hair in a nice way so it looks. We're good. by no so means friends from beforehand, shoot. willing to do each other favors. I barely know you, Dan. It's not as though we went to the same college. This is totally objective. Um, but but no this is a really um i'm very happy that you guys do this show because i learn a lot about these cartoons and i am waiting with what i've seen and the ones i haven't and i am waiting with bated breath for more uh for more content by you specifically because you know you're my attachment to the blood sprayer um website but i i've vicariously yes (laughs) i you know i've checked out the website and although i'm not a horror person it is incredibly well done i am very jealous when i compare your that website to ours um give us the name of that website one more time dan the blood sprayer it's just the blood sprayer it's just called the blood sprayer awesome yeah yeah go look for that biz Um, if you don't have the if you haven't listened to dan's podcast blood and canifier do it it's a good D and D, good D and D podcast, and it's got some of my favorite yep. uh, D and Ders on it. So, um, yep, you can hear you can hear my friend and roommate Bill Adcock lead us through a story of pirates and aliens and uh, all these other crazy uh, happenings. And Dan is the and Dan is the only character and person in that whom both speaks intelligible English and is not afraid to talk. So nice. <laughs> so he's basically just talking to uh, Bill Adcock most of the time. <laughs> Every so often, somebody else will pipe in and it's like, "Is it time to scalp, uh, scalp Spaniards?" But beyond that, you get to hear a lot more of Dan Case, and that is not a bad time. Oh, oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. So yeah, go 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 look for the Blood and Cannon Fire podcast. Go look for the Blood Sprayer website and go read their stuff. It's really fascinating. You'll learn a lot about horror. Keep keep, keep us updated on 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 your happenings, Dan Caves. You know I will. And uh, once and happy Halloween. Happy everyone. Halloween, everyone. When we, whenever we feel like doing Halloween stuff again, we'll bring you back on for maybe the Treehouse of Horror uh, segment. If we yeah. if we ever do mm. that. That sounds good. Yeah, good. we can't do all of Simpsons, but maybe just a subset. Yeah. Maybe like all Godfather or all Shining references. <laughs> that'll be a, that'll be a full two hour episode for us. <sighs> all right, everyone. Uh, until next time, uh, prick your feet. Don't turn out the light.